0: Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes.
1: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
0: Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we've got some hectic energy today. We've got some good vibes going on. Uh, we're going to have a riotous uh, time. Yeah, we
2: probably it was probably ill-advised for us to snore all that BC powder before we started today, don't you think?
0: <laughs> right. I, I agree with you. Ben. Oh, yes. Noel, I agree with you. Uh, there's our super producer, Casey Pegram. Who supports us despite our, frankly, problematic B.C. powder habits. Our behavior in general really is
2: uh, is not on.
0: Just re- um, or, uh just uh, uh,
2: uh, abhorrent. Abhorrent, exactly. We are um, abominations, if you will, <laughs> podcast abominations. Uh, but you know what? Today we're going to have a good old-fashioned straw hat riot. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. say, riot! <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to do anything, but that, that would be... Uh. Super producer Casey Pegram... Was pointing out just before the show that whenever there's uh you know anything riot two words yeah you immediately your brain goes to the uh, famed Cherry Poppin' Daddy's mm-hmm. s- seminal <laughs> what do you what do you call it swing dance hit swing revival swing revival right? the swing revival. It was the height of that whole thing yeah. Well, was it though because it was post Brian Setzer Orchestra that's true that's well true. he was
0: like a harbinger
2: it was a re revival is what it was right because there was the revival was I mean even Love Cats by the Cure is kind of a, yeah. a, a swing song, you Yeah, know? Robert
3: Smith got there before he everybody did. else. But
2: and then yeah. Brian Setzer, uh, and then Cherry Pop and Daddies. There was another right. Daddies. There was the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies. Oh yeah. As well. oh yeah, I
0: had their I had their album. Now uh, Squirrel Nut Zipper. Uh, kind of, no, no, I know. Don't let, let me finish. They uh, they I would not rank as swing revival. That's exactly what I was going to say. But the studios and uh, especially outlets like MTV, hundred percent wanted to package them together. They were weirder though. Yeah, well, yeah. they were more. Uh, I, I, I don't far be it for me to accuse any of the swing musicians of being somewhat insincere, but (laughs) Squirrel Nut Zippers, they were in it, they were of it, they were like, why should I buy CDs? And we wanted some more of it. Yeah, why why should I buy CDs when I already have a gramophone? Exactly. We record
2: exclusively on wax cylinders, (laughs) sir or madam, record executive.
0: And that's the thing about, uh, to your note about revivals, that's the thing I love about revivals, because... Once you have one, it's always still, it's now it's just a continual version of revival. We're acting like they're distinct, but Mm -hmm. there's just pauses Mm -hmm. in between. It's like once you start clapping until you die, you're never not clapping. There are just pauses between when you're clapping.
2: Once you pop, you can't stop. I know. Pringles, right? Just so. And you know what else can have revivals, Ben?
0: What's that? Fashion.
2: Hey. Turn to the left. You don't have to. You can turn to the right if you wish. But it's true. Fashion has revivals, and it can be, you know, might be considered a fad for a minute, but then if it really takes off, it takes hold, it gets its claws into the zeitgeist, it really becomes a full-blown revival. And that's kind of what we see, um, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm overstating the case a little bit, but with the Straw Hat Riots of 1922. Which is a real thing.
3: Right.
0: (laughs) You'll just have to believe us, but we will prove it to you. Yeah, fashion... Fashion is a complex, multi-layered means of aesthetic expression, but it's also a means of social identification, right? Yep, sure is. Uh, even back to like, if you think the fashion rules about when to wear white shoes and such are are strange and complicated, now we have to consider that throughout human civilization, there have been real legal fashion crimes like wearing purple when you're not royalty having the wrong haircut which which is
2: the deal with labor day and white you're not supposed to wear it before or is it after i always get it. I don't
0: i don't know either is it only shoes or is it any white i i just i think it's shoes but i i don't know i uh i learned that rule this is how unplugged i am from fashion right. my friend i learned that rule by watching a film called Serial Mom it's about a mom who's also a serial killer that's a john waters movie yeah, yeah. And i thought it was cool and that's when i learned something about When you wear, when you should wear uh, white shoes. What is it? I typed in into
2: Google, instant, doing its job as usual. It's listening. I typed in white shoes, aff, and we immediately get the Google instant to white shoes after Labor Day, white shoes after Labor Day movie. Third one, white shoes after Labor Day, cereal Cereal
1: Mom. mom.
0: Yep, <laughs> great. Google gets
2: it. I think she murders somebody for wearing yes. white shoes after Labor Day because she's a, she's a real stickler for these fashion uh, rules. She's
0: okay. kind of type A. And that's what today's
2: show is about. It's about fashion rules.
0: Yes, yeah. So hats used to be a way bigger deal than they are now, mm-hmm. right? And we want to read just an excerpt from a New York Times article. What do you so think? good. It's, it's pretty good. You, you have it, Ben. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do this one. You do the next one. Uh, gangs of young hoodlums ran riot in various parts of the city last night, smashing unseasonable straw hats and trampling them in the street. In some cases, mobs of hundreds of boys and young men terrorized whole knocks. Stop the presses.
2: <laughs> Who's that? It's not Vicky Vale. It's unseasonable straw hats? <laughs> Come again? Uh, yeah, that's the part that made me chuckle. Is like, like these are some pedantic young hooligans, aren't they? Yeah, because <laughs> you can tell right from the onset that this was an issue of them being appalled in some way by someone wearing the hat out of season. Yeah. By.
0: Just a couple of days. Right. That's the important part. See, we figured out what was happening thanks to uh, thanks to some fantastic articles, uh, one of which was on historynaked.com, Straw Hat Riots of 1922. And it turns out that there was this uh, rigorous tradition uh, amongst the male members of the population at the end of the 19th century and into the beginning of the 20th, and it was all centered on dressing in what was deemed appropriate for this season, this makes sense because there wasn't central AC or heating, right? Sure, I'm picturing you know boat shoes, uh,
2: light docker shorts. No, this probably isn't true. But what we do have are these uh, very light and airy straw hats, and maybe a nice linen suit. A nice linen suit, because that's right. They wouldn't <laughs> shorts would have been way too untoward. You couldn't have gotten away with shorts. You probably would have been stoned to death in the streets, which is one of my favorite pastimes, as you know from previous episodes. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, straw. Straw hats, it was uh, very much fashionable to wear during the summer months, um, both fashionable and comfortable because it would shade you from the sun and it wasn't the thick kind of felt hats that you'd wear uh, during the more wintry times of the year that were also considered very fashionable. Um, But here's the thing. After the 15th of September, uh, it was essentially fashion mandate, unwritten fashion mandate to switch to those heavier felt
0: hats yeah this is this is strange right because no one was considered fully clothed essentially without a hat and you would wear a felt hat until may 15th and after may 15th you could switch to the straw hat and that would be fine on september 15th you have to Put away your straw hat, you have to break out the felt hat again, and woe betide those who do not follow this rule.
2: Yeah, you're essentially opening yourself up to a a light mugging. Uh, or at the very least, you know, being accosted by young, fashion-conscious ruffians who really started taking this very seriously, uh, possibly a little too seriously. They were described as a group of overeager boys who began to uh, do the old swipe-and-smash, you know, where you knock somebody's hat off, a very disrespectful move to begin with, not to mention stomping it into the uh, the filthy street. Yeah, I wouldn't abide by that kind of behavior, my friend.
0: Well, I, I think the three of us are pretty uh, easygoing when it comes to how other people want to dress. If right. it makes you feel good, wear it. But If know. you flip my hat,
2: I'm gonna we're gonna have a good old fashioned throwdown.
0: Yeah, it, uh, the the flip the flippers will be flipped. That's what happens. Exactly, the script gets flipped. Always. Yeah, no, flipped off.
2: You know what? All of those things. This is a real combination of factors that led to an out and out street brawl. Um, because here's the thing. Uh, initially, you know, these hooligans were uh, fined a couple bucks, a five bucks. This wouldn't have been, you know, a, a paltry sum in those days. Because after all, this is a form of assault, uh, and destruction of private property, right?
0: Right, right. It's illegal to smash hats. Uh, and it's weird because we get a lot of information about this event from the New York Times. Uh, we, we have another quote from one magistrate Peter A. Hatting. No pun intended. That's his real name. I'm going to take the pun as just
2: right and natural, you know. It's, uh-huh. It really sets the tone for the story. It is against the law to smash a man's hat and he has a right to wear it in a January snowstorm if he so wishes. I made this judge a, a bit of a, a, oh, a
0: little foghorn. A little I foghorn. like it. Yeah, yeah, well,
2: you know, it's, it's the the linen the fine linen suits <laughs> we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And and he goes on, right? This is, to me, you could crystallize this quote down to, like, the ultimate uh, in righteousness and good. Like, this is, like, this guy laying down the law of what it means to be just. To hit a man's hat is a simple assault. And in this court, it will be treated as such. And I want you to spread this word amongst all who would smash hats.
0: It's reminding me of like a, a Missis- I love this voice. It's reminding me of like a Mississippi uh, vibe, specifically that tent preacher and true detective. He's he's your true vice. That's right. Yeah. To me, it's
2: more like a Mississippi breeze, you know, gently brushing the hair from your forehead.
0: Yeah, Mississippi breeze. That's the. Uh, I think that's one of the Casey Pegram lines of, of uh, signature perfumes. I
2: think you're probably right. Mississippi
0: breeze, <laughs> you know. About that sleaze. (laughs) Yes, that is the line. So why was this such a big deal? Why was the New York Times, the most prominent paper in the nation, reporting on this so heavily? Well, it's because they sort of created the fire or they definitely stoked the flames that would lead to uh, out-and-out madness in the streets. They had said that when they were explaining... September 15th, which was known as Felt Hat Day at the time, they said that it was indeed a mandatory thing and that any person who wore a straw hat after this date may even be a Bolshevik, a communal enemy, a potential subverter of the social order. Mm. Uh, that, we are populating the New York Times with some great characters I love today. this. No, I love this. So people were – it was like – it was like the way people treat pleated pants sometimes, right? It was just uh, – it, it was terrible to wear them. Yeah. and I got a question for you. Do you – is it pants? You, could you refer to it as a pant? You can, yeah.
2: yeah. Is it Stacey London who says a pant? She's a, a fashion designer A lot of fashion person.
0: designers say yeah, a pant. I,
2: I love a good pant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a pair of pants, though, always struck me as odd because you can't really just have one – I mean a pair. It's not a pair. No. A pant would be just a single leg. If it's a pair of pants, you got to have two pant to uh, to make a pair. Well,
0: would you say a pair of scissors?
2: I would call it a scissor. I don't like a pair of scissors.
0: Well, if it's just not a pair, it's It's a scissor. It's the but if you uh, detach it, then it's just it's a knife. That's right. Right? Exactly. Just so, Ben. It's <laughs> a pair of so. knives. <laughs> it's a pair of <laughs> bolted knives. Bolted together. That's what we're going to call scissors from now on. They're just a pair of knives. A pair
2: of knives. By the way, not to get too derailed, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get home, I've been traveling, but when I get home in the mailbox waiting on me, my first ever Damascus steel kitchen chef's knife. Hey, congrats, man. Thanks, bud. Looking forward to maybe chopping off the tip of my finger by accident
0: like all the pros. Yeah, man. You got to earn it. It's like Yakuza rules and mm-hmm. home chefs. Exactly.
2: And also, the other rule is you got to cook with the, the tip. You don't get to put the tip back on. It just goes into your uh, your spaghetti. <laughs> in your spaghetti? Whatever. Whatever you're making. <laughs> uh, question for you, Ben. Sure. Have you heard of a tradition in the U.S. Senate called Seal Sucker Thursday?
0: I um, have, yeah. Is that yeah. the same as Sucker Free Sunday? Uh, they're related. Okay. Probably. Yeah. They're both in English. Tell me about Seersucker Thursday. Seersucker Thursday is the thing in the U.S. Senate where people wear seersucker suits. Mm -hmm. They're awesome. I I highly recommend them. Uh, I've cut one myself. What makes it a seersucker? Is that a pattern or is it the fabric? You know what? It's, uh... It's cotton, and it's a, a type of, I guess, weave of cotton. Mm. It's also known as railroad stripe. Is that right?
2: Mm-hmm. So it maybe does have a bit of a textured appearance to it. Yeah, yeah, In addition yeah, yeah. to being breathable and uh, comfortable. And that is an example of this kind of focus on uh, seasonal wear and tradition that has uh, maintained to this day. Seersucker Thursday is a popular thing in the U.S. Senate. Uh, hats, of course, were a big part of this kind of thinking back in the day. Um, the hats— aren't really so much part of the, the, you know, you don't really see senators wearing hats anymore.
0: Not not anymore. But back then, of course, in the 20s, yeah, everybody wore hats. Uh, and the weird thing is, this September 15th, is felt hat day, no one knows why that day was chosen. It just suddenly became a rule. And it really, uh, the, the logic really breaks down when you consider that Summer doesn't end until September 21st. So for some arbitrary reason, they, uh, the, the zeitgeist said September 15th was the day you could no longer wear a straw hat. You know what it reminds me of? There, there's a thing that's kind of conspiratorial in the fashion world where apparently, I think once a year, once a season, these different uh, luminaries of, of fashion and modeling meet up. And they decide which colors are going to be the cool colors. Right. Have you heard about that?
2: I mean, I I have no doubt that there are these private fashion Illuminati type meetings that go on to this
0: day. I hope they're descended from the people who did this BS with these hats. I
2: bet it is. I mean, that's exactly what you were saying at the top of the show, Ben. The idea of fashion curation, it really is an almost hierarchical kind of aesthetic thing. Whereas look at today, like some of the clothes that, you know, Gucci and uh, Versace and some of these really luxury fashion lines put forward, they're kind of bizarre and ridiculous looking, let's be honest. And oh, not sure. functional or comfortable in the least. So this kind of goes into that. I mean, heavy suits weren't really comfortable. Those kind of hats, you know, th- there was a certain stuffiness to it all that maybe meant, you know, I am, uh, my station dictates that I must constantly be a little bit uncomfortable. And to lean into staying comfortable wearing that straw hat past the uh, point of no return, that was an affront to this entire arrangement, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It reminds- me of, did you ever see Thirty Rock? Oh yeah, yeah. You, were you a Thirty Rock fan, Casey? I actually never saw it. Oh man, you are in for a treat. Uh, there's <laughs> there's a character uh, played by Alec Baldwin who has a great line. Uh, Liz Lemon, played by Tina Fey, walks up and she finds him dressed in a tux, and she goes, "Why are you wearing a tuxedo?" And he goes. It's after six, lemon. What am I, a farmer? <laughs> <laughs> so these kind of people were very vulnerable to these sort these mandates uh, in the world of fashion. And of course, the idea is pretty pretty obvious. You stick out like a sore thumb if you are uh, still wearing your straw hat when autumn starts. People think you don't get it. You're naive, or you're a rube. You're kind of a dum dum. And this was taken so seriously in multiple U.S. cities that police had to intervene. Pittsburgh Press said uh, in 1910 that police were protecting straw-lidded pedestrians. Right, and it was it was acceptable for stockbrokers, like your friends, could knock off your hat.
2: Yeah, like you know, just as a playful kind of joshing punch-in-the-shoulder kind of move, right? Yeah, yeah. But strangers, especially young hoodlums, uh, I, I say I say, no, sir. That, that will not stand.
0: hmm
2: And that Pittsburgh Press article went on to say, if the informality should become general, there will sure to be a number of obstinate gentlemen, most likely with English blood in their veins. What? Who will <laughs> coolly proceed to treat the fun-making as a physical assault and defend themselves in a manner which will spoil the fun for all concerned, the press added.
0: You got to love the, uh, the casual Eurocentric racism here. The, the implication like, well, Irish people are going to be fine with this, you know, uh, but watch out. Watch out for the English because we all know how they are.
2: They're humorless is what they are. That's what they're and, saying. And, yeah. and joyless and they, they just can't take a joke.
0: And apparently they're ready to fly off the handle at any given moment. Hot tempered. Hot-tempered. Hot-blooded.
2: Oh, I'm just kidding, English friends out there. We, we know that you're all cool as cucumbers. Or pr- prone to anxiety and violence just as much as any of
0: us. There we go. Glass half full, half empty. Uh, yeah, UK listeners, uh, <laughs> let us know where that stereotype comes from. And, uh, you know, we'll still be your friends if you have a straw hat. Regardless of what day of the year it is So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So that was Pittsburgh, but the straw hat stuff really reaches a breaking point in New York and the Big Apple, because like this is. 1922 right so this 12 years after that Pittsburgh article the entire time people have been obeying this straw hat rule and it has become so accepted that it's just understood that you can't really walk down the street after felt hat day with a straw hat. Without some kid snatching it off, stomping it in front of you, and the kid will get away clean. No one cares.
2: Well, let's just point out too that this took a hot minute to reach critical mass, right? It was a good twelve years before the this kind of playful hat flipping, you know, um, started uh, that a full blown uh, zoot suit riot went into effect. I'm
0: sorry, excuse me, straw hat
2: riot.
3: Went it's into tough. Effect. It's a
0: tough one, Casey. You, you really. Really messed us up on this one.
3: I've brain poisoned everybody. Really brain crazy. poisoned. That's great,
0: Casey on the case. Da-da. So on September thirteenth, nineteen twenty-two, just two days before the straw hat ban was supposed to go into effect, young men jumped the gun. They started grabbing and stomping the straw hats of factory workers in uh, the specific section of Manhattan, Mulberry Bend. And then the gang tried to do the same stunt on a bunch of dock workers. But dock workers, like the Wu-Tang Clan, are nothing to F with. And the men didn't say, oh, my God, you got our hats. What are, uh, What on earth are we to do? No, they started laying hands. They started swinging. A fight broke out.
2: Yeah, a literal street brawl. Uh, we know it was in the street because we we heard, we read that it stopped traffic. Um <laughs> You know, no small task. Well, I don't know. Like New York traffic moves at a, a snail's pace anyway, but this definitely was a disruption, right? Uh, it was on the Manhattan Bridge, and police um, actually had to make arrests, uh, break up the what's a good what's a good word for a, for the, the fracas, mm-hmm. brouhaha, brouhaha, indeed. They had to break it up, um, and. <laughs> Sorry, this is not from a Mental Floss article. And I, I think this is there with the words of the uh, the writer there at Mental Floss. Mark Mancini, scores of rowdies on the east side and in other parts of the city started smashing hats. Oh, that's from the Times. That's it, of course. That that sounded like a little bit of anachronistic language. They're rowdies. I like that. Scores of rowdies uh, on the east side and in other parts of the city started smashing hats. Uh, police reserves were called out straw hat Bonfires were started, uh, and seven men were convicted of disorderly conduct in the men's night court. Okay, f- full stop there. The men's night court? Mm-hmm. I love this. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I, I just I, I like the concept of the men's I, night court.
0: I'm just very pro-night court because of that sitcom. I never really uh, watched a whole bunch of it at an age where I could understand it, but man, I love that theme song. I think I'm not alone in that. I think a lot of us say we like sitcoms but we actually just dig the theme song you know how's the theme song does it have lyrics no no it's uh it's got the it's it's this really cool instrumental that starts with the bass boom, 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 or something like right. that
2: yeah right why am i thinking i'm thinking of the law and order theme for obvious reasons mm-hmm. yeah. that one's pretty bass heavy too right
0: yeah and that one's got <laughs> a more da, da, serious da, da, vibe. Da, da. With the divy guitar. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah,
2: And the, you know, the law and order theme that we don't use anymore. Uh, so c- stop coming after us, Dick Wolf. Straw
0: hats off.
2: Um, that's not featured in the theme at all. It's its own thing. I, I thought that was a missed opportunity. Its, its own cue. Uh, yeah, it's its own cue. The, I mean,
0: the first sound is Dick and the second sound is Wolf. You know, I uh, I want to meet the guy. I want to say that I know someone named— And I want to I refer to them as the Dick Wolf. KC,
2: I see you, you're you itching to say something.
3: There's a guy on that show. I think he's either a producer Speedweed? or a writer. Yeah, Speedweed. Yes! yes. So there's two classic names. Uh, just, you know, it's a murderer's row of great names on that show. It's in every credit, like, since the beginning of the show. You yeah. yeah. got your Dick Wolf and he got your Speed Weed. yeah. Also the the guy who composed that theme is a guy named Mike Post. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you look at his credits, he's just like every memorable theme you can think of for from a certain era, he's he's pretty much responsible for. If he's still alive, it'd be fantastic to interview him. He is? Yeah, he's still around. I'd love to I'm hear his story. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. Do you for, think he
2: did the Perfect Stranger's theme?
3: I mean, it, it's
0: the amazing it's an amazing
2: theme.
3: It's a huge roster of uh, of stuff. It's like Law & Order, Law & Order SVU, The A-Team, NYPD Blue, Renegade, Rockford Files, L.A. Law, Quantum Leap, Magnum P.I., Hill Street Blues.
2: I love the Quantum Leap thing. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's a good one. Oh my gosh, that's a really good one.
0: What happened, man? Sitcom themes and music, like those theme songs used to be so engaging.
2: Ben, you know I've been been pushing you and bugging you about how you got to watch The Leftovers? Uh Uh-huh. This might do it for you. Maybe. It has a Perfect Strangers tie-in. Oh, okay. And one episode, in the, in the last season, they change out the theme song for every episode. One episode
0: is the Perfect Strangers theme song. I will definitely watch mm-hmm. that episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Um, okay, but uh, apologies for that for that slight uh, derailment. I'm going to give us one more twist and turn. Gentlemen, what do you think our odds of success would be if we wrote to Dick Wolf himself and said, Hey, we're huge fans. We do, uh, we do this little podcast, and we would love your permission to use this awesome sound cue because we talk about you all the time.
3: Well, someone did hit us up on Facebook, right? And they said that that little "dung dung" sound is apparently like a a preset on a on a sampler board or, yes. <laughs> or something. Yeah. No way! Yeah. So it's you know, arguably you could kind of like you know recreate it or something, and probably be mostly in the clear. Oh, wow. I still need to find... I, I tried to Google it, and I couldn't find too much on it, but um, whoever whoever told us that, thanks for the thanks yeah. for the note, and we will try to figure it out. Yeah, I got to say,
2: though, Casey, I, I kind of prefer your Casey-fied version, though. <laughs> you know, it's more personal and has more of a personal touch, and I think it just makes the audience and us feel closer to you.
3: It's got to be weird for people who have not heard the older episodes, <laughs> so they only know the new cue, and they're like, what is that? It's, I love how you That's kind great. of... You're kind of like, dun-dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I, uh, yeah, no, let's, uh, let's see if we can reach out, uh, if we can, I'm sure we can figure out a way to do it legally, but it'd be nice to have the blessing of the Dick Wolf.
2: I actually know a couple of folks who have been like guest spots on, episodes of uh of law and order like back in the early 90s but honestly that's like every actor in the in the world yeah maybe that's not a a particularly special connection
0: we're of the age now where uh some of our friends uh, at least some of my friends in my peer group are appearing on the law and order stuff that's still running like svu right right the weird one enormously popular it really is iced tea who, as John Mullaney points out, is continually baffled every time he learns something that people in SVU should already know. Totally.
2: Isn't Vincent D'Onofrio in that one, or is he in another series? There's so many of those. I, I think, think he's in another straight. series. In CIS, maybe? Maybe. Uh, Unconnected. They're all yeah. kind of,
0: they all bleed together. Now, to he me. did it for me as Kingpin in the Daredevil Netflix series. He did quite a good job. He was awesome. But Straw Hats. <laughs> we right? should do a good job of getting back to Straw Hats? Yeah, yes. longest
2: diversion ever, but honestly, a personal favorite and a career highlight.
0: It was worthwhile, I think. You know, Casey, I'm always learning a lot from you. So this night of September 13th, traffic has stopped. There is, as you said, Nola, a street brawl. The New York Times reports that the next day on September 14th, that straw hat riots embroil the east side. And this is where we see that quote from Magistrate Hatting, Again, that is his real name. And people are calling for civility, calling for an end to the violence. They are unsuccessful in this because the riots continue the next day. And then the day after that, they move from the east side to the upper west side. There are some people who say, you know what? We're going to wear these hats until the 15th because that's the rule. We live in a society. Fight me. And mobs of hundreds of boys and young men, again, for that quote, they terrorized entire blocks. The kids, the teenagers started roaming the streets with sticks that, that literally had nails on the end. <laughs> This is just this is a, a some next level mischief is what this is. This is Lord of the Flies.
2: It is, but but what's what's at play here, Ben? Is it a is it a class divide situation? Are these youngsters potentially of a lower class and they resent the fashionista elites and perhaps that's why they're they're just looking at them as easy targets? Because I'm not I'm not sensing I'm not quite clear on like what the operating principle is here. Like, I-, I think the kids just wanted to mess with some rich people, and then it got out of hand.
0: Yeah, we don't have a lot about the uh, possible class motivations. That's what I think makes this story a shining example of ridiculous history It feels like it just got out of control. They just slippery sloped into this box of bananas.
2: Wait, wait. But we haven't even gotten to police-mandated spankings yet, have we?
0: That's a thing. (laughs) All right. So, oh, we do want to say those those nails on the ends of the sticks, they weren't to puncture people's heads. No, no. They were to help hook the straw hats off them.
1: Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course you're going to do that. Snag a job is where America goes to hire
0: So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? right? Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was, a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I mean, <laughs> I said El Camino
1: and I meant Monte Carlo.
0: I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running, Totally, but it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now,
2: Did uh, ultimately intervene, and as you said, um, there were kind of gangs of these roving uh, thugs going from the east side to the upper west side. Um, Amsterdam Avenue was uh, supposedly just like the whole block was full of, you know, straw hat enthusiasts. So here's the thing. Uh, a lot of these these. Boys, they were kids. They were under the age of 15. Um, So they weren't arrested because they weren't of, I don't know, I guess he could have sent them to, you know, juvie or whatever. But uh, the cops came up with a different uh, attack for um, their disciplinary measures, didn't they, Ben?
0: Yeah. Problematic.
2: Highly problematic by today's standards.
0: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of these these anti-straw hat people were children. They were under age 15. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they weren't arrested. Uh, instead they were spanked. That that they were given a, a, a thrashing. And so we know in at least a few instances that police in New York in the at the height of the riots, when they would catch these these scamps, these scalawags doing their hat related crime. They would capture, probably you know, yank them by the collar of their neck, and then possibly they, by the ear. Possibly by the ear. It was that era, and then they would invite the fathers of the boys to come to the station and spank them instead. You know what I mean? Right. Which how humiliating, right? If you're 14 or 15 in public, a public spanking, <laughs> right? Yeah, it'd be hard
2: to come back from that. But uh, you know, the thing that's most impressive to me about this is these uh these young. Uh, hoods, they they seemed pretty organized. You know, it really was like an act of domestic terrorism. Well, albeit pretty you know, low-grade domestic terrorism, but like some of them would like hide in doorways before like leaping out like some sort of jumping spider, boy-shaped spider, and attack the men and knock their heads off. Uh, There was a report from uh, Ripley's.com that a man by the name of E.C. Jones uh, made the claim that 1,000 teenagers were participating in a, quote, roaming mob there on Amsterdam Avenue. So it's like, how were how they communicating with each other? Was it just, like, organically, it just kind of organically happened? It was just something in the air that we just have to seek, search, and destroy? These offending straw hats?
0: Again, it's difficult to explain. Really difficult. It's
2: almost like one of those Salem witch trial it's hysterias almost, you know? I mean, obviously nobody was hanged or burned or anything, but it's still a little,
0: a little strange. It makes me think of that question. I I believe it may have come from Family Guy, but its origins are old. That old question of, uh, realistically, if you're, if you're listening, you're an adult, realistically, how many five-year-olds do you think you could successfully take in a fight? You know, think this through, and I'm not, none of us are condoning violence against children. It's entirely a thought experiment, like... What if they're six-year-olds? That changes it. They're a little more agile.
2: Here's what you do, though. You find yourself a narrow hallway yeah. where they come running at you. They can only hit you one at a time, and you just kind of punt them.
0: That's what they say in Family Guy. No right? way. No way, is it? Yeah.
2: Are you sure? Because yeah. I just pulled that out of my ass.
0: Yeah, uh, Yeah. that's uh, exactly. It's either—yeah, I think it's exactly what they say in Family Guy.
2: Well, that's parallel thinking right there, my friend, because I have not seen this episode of Family
0: Guy. <laughs> I, think, I think it's Family Guy, but that is, that is in that show, the correct answer And this was a real-life problem during the Straw Hat riots. Didn't have any
2: five-year-olds necessarily, but, you know, definitely had children.
0: Yes. Uh, One man, who was 25, was kicked and beaten by these kids so badly that he had to go to the hospital. And uh, police officers were also victimized. Uh, One detective sergeant uh, was—his hat was stolen, and he was trying to chase the kids like, you dirty scamps! And then he tripped and fell into a gutter full of trash— And every time the authorities would break up a gang, the kids who scattered would just go find another neighborhood and join up with more people. This did work out very well for one group, one very small group in New York, the hat store owners. That's right. (laughs) Because
2: I guess everyone needed new hats after they'd been stomped.
0: I got to get a felt
1: hat.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. So there was either that or maybe you double down and you're like, you know what? No one's going to stomp my straw hat. I'm going to go buy me a freshie right mm. now. Um, but as things tend to do, fashion moves in cycles. You know, you've got like like much like the Cherry Pop and Daddies and the, the uh, Zoot Suit Revolution revival. Uh, not, not so much revolution. That's not correct at all. More of a revival. Um, straw hats fell out of favor, didn't they? They did. They were replaced by things like Panama Jack Hats, which are infinitely less dorky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because after the Straw Hat Riots of 22, this hat-snatching uh, tradition phenomenon continued for a few more years. Uh, no one died in the 1922 riot, but one man was, uh, according to reports, one man was killed in 1924 while he was trying to fight back against some hat stompers. And Calvin Coolidge, President Calvin Coolidge was spotted one time wearing, now try to restrain your, your, uh, your, your scandal here, he was spotted wearing a straw hat on September 18th. This got covered on the front page of the Times. How dare you, Coolidge. Sort of like when Obama wore that p- beige suit, <laughs> suit.
3: <laughs> people just
0: lost their minds. So after he, so he may have played a role in the history here because after he said, uh, you know, after he said, "I'll wear a straw hat when I want," people eventually started following his example, and hat smashing died out. As he said, the Panama hat became much more fashionable. And I do want to say that it is tempting for us to look back and think, "Oh, how." Silly, how soosian, how like a young adult or rolled doll novel this is. But the truth of the matter is, these arbitrary opinions about fashion, like I, I believe you said earlier, too, Noel, they continue today. For instance, uh, I was thinking of hat stereotypes. And one of the big ones is that the trilby or the fedora, right, has become associated with uh, what are called nice guys on the internet, right?
2: What, I don't know is this, a, is this a euphemism or it just means kind of like vanilla dorky
0: nice no, guys like uh, creepy edge lord oh, Okay, you yeah. know what I'm talking about, Casey.
3: It's yeah. It's it didn't it start kind of with the whole pickup artist thing and then that kind of bled over yeah. into the whole MRI thing and that then makes sense. that makes yeah. Sense. Now it's just sort of like shorthand for I don't know a certain kind of guy. I'll
2: tell you where it really started was with Justin Timberlake. He he really turned the fedora on its hat. He can pull it off though.
0: I think it's like – I think the, the problem was – the the problem was for people who objected to those hats uh, that they needed a quick shorthand way to identify different demographics, right? Uh, to Casey's point, you named three prime examples. And then uh, they also were irritated that people would wear these hats but then also be wearing like a T-shirt and cargo shorts. Again – we fall very much on this side of uh, letting people do and wear what they want as long as they're not hurting someone else. Uh, to, to do otherwise is just, uh, it, it's just not on. It's ridiculous uh, to tell people what they can or cannot wear. But thank God, you know, I don't even own a straw hat. Do you? Do you have a straw hat? No,
2: I, I traffic exclusively in
0: baseball hats mm. or trucker hats. Casey, you're not a straw hat guy.
3: No, although um, there is like a good practical reason for having them if you have to do a lot of outdoor work or something. Mm. So even on like uh, film shoots and that kind of thing, sometimes you'll see people with straw hats and uh, it's a smart thing to do.
2: Usually it's accompanied by giant smears of sunscreen directly under the eye. Exactly. Yeah. And if you
3: really want to complete the ensemble, you get the piece of straw between uh-huh, your teeth. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's kind of, you know lean into it really do and we want to hear your opinion on hats
0: uh, are there hats that you love are there hats that you hate is the straw hat set for a revival just like swing music What do you call that kind of hat that you're wearing this very moment, Ben? This is a flat cap. A flat cap. Mm. Sort of like the
2: type you'd see a London cabbie wearing, perhaps, yes?
0: Yeah, it's the approachable working-class UK hat. I like it. This was a gift, so it's a a lucky hat, in fact. Yes, Uh, and and it
2: seems to be working for you, because I've always
0: considered you to be a pretty lucky dude. Uh,
2: It's also kind of similar to the type of hats that uh, um, Samuel L. Jackson wears, uh, usually of the Kangol brand.
0: Yeah, it's also known as scally caps. Uh, in the U.S., we call it uh, driving cap. My favorite name for it probably comes from New Zealand, where it's called a cheese cutter. Love it, cheese cutter. So, uh, yeah, we want to hear we want to hear about your taste in hats. Uh, we want to hear whether you think the straw hat will return, and we want to hear more about your ideas for the silliest riots that ever occurred uh, you can tell us any number of ways we're all over the internet you can find us on Facebook Instagram Twitter uh, we specifically like to recommend our Facebook page ridiculous historians
2: sure all you got to do is uh, conjure the names of myself Ben or Casey Pegram super producer that he is or a pun of some kind or just let us know that you're you're not a Russian bot or a bot of any other nationality we, we don't discriminate against bots we just don't want them on our Facebook page you can also find us as individuals on social media. I am on Instagram exclusively at HowNowNoelBrown.
0: And I am on Instagram at Ben Bolin. You can also find me on Twitter where I'm talking all kinds of trash on uh, at Ben Bolin HSW. Thanks, as always, to Alex Williams, who composed our track. Thanks to you, Casey Pegram, And we're going to follow up on that Dick Wolf stuff. Uh, thanks to Gabe. Of course, of course. Where would we be without
2: Gabe Luzier,
0: our research
2: associate? Thanks to Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quister, for constantly keeping us on our toes uh, and for being... Gosh, I sound like I'm being very uh, friendly towards Jonathan. That's not true. I hate him. I'm kidding. It's all an act. He's a good friend of ours. Uh, but thanks to him for um, resetting our uh, our count for the year, right? Yeah, that was nice. You didn't have to do that. He didn't sure. have to do that,
0: no. Uh, he also owns a straw hat. I
2: bet he does. He seems like the type. Dude, let's not
0: get off this head. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll see you next time, folks.
3: 18 plus.